Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. I have figured out what spell that came from. I am always ready for an experiment. Where are we going? It's four size little. Do I even want to know how you got into that room? These little crystalline specks that have been left over, they begin a rapid exit of that hole. Oh crap, we gotta follow that. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we are going to continue our adventure through Chaosium's Masks of Neolathotep tonight. We have three of our investigators with us tonight, and we're just going to get right to it. So to my right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and we are still on a boat. You are. It's true. Um you are nearing the end of this journey, this wonderful, long, peaceful, nothing strange has happened journey, right? Nothing. Nothing, not at all. At, at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and I would really like this boat trip to end. Yeah, you and me both, my friend. Fear not, we're almost there. Uh, and then uh, last, but most certainly not least. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartan. want to be here in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, no, you of all people will be happy to see this journey come to an end as the enormous body of water around you day by day creeps closer and closer. We lift the curtain tonight on the morning. It's a different sort of a morning as you wake. The ship seems to be almost buzzing with excitement. Uh, You can hear through your stateroom doors movement of passenger and crewmen alike. They seem to be churning and almost this endless movement up and down the hallways. And Jake, you are the first to wake. Jack, uh, you know, something collides with Jack's door. It sounds maybe like it's a steamer trunk, um, but it, it rouses you from your slumber. <sighs> the hell? Okay. Get up. Check out. The, uh, check the hallway. You check the hallway and you see a uh, a porter moving a large steamer trunk from the first class area. He uh, he, you know, gives you a kind of sheepish look and continues moving down the hall. No problem. All right. Well, I'm up, so I might as well get dressed and get ready for the day. Yeah, you can do that fairly quickly, given um, given your your profession. It involves getting up and getting ready pretty quickly, but. What really sparks your mood this morning is the smell of coffee coming from the first class area. It'll give me some coffee. You head down, go into the first class dining area. You see that there are uh, an array of people here. It seems like everyone who was here the first night, almost everyone that is, who was here that first night and first morning after uh, has arrived for breakfast a little bit early. You can tell that the ship and its crew and its passengers are eager to see port. Yes. 
As am I. As am I. Sigmund and Lillian, you both uh, awake as well. I get up and start getting ready for the day. And uh, you, Sigmund? Ah, uh, awaken mice. Awaken himself. Uh, gets dressed. Grabs his medical bag. Make sure it's uh, fully packed. Don't ever leave it behind. And uh, head down to the <laughs> class food area. Maybe a, a bit of coffee. Sounds fantastic. Yep, you find Jack uh, seemingly just one step ahead of you down there. And, uh, yeah, he's sitting, uh, drinking a cup of coffee, just really watching the process, this chaos incarnate of all of the waiters and waitstaff and people and children and and first-class passengers uh, motivate themselves with their uh, morning breakfast and uh, coffee. Guten Morgen, Jack. Morning, Doc. You know, I've been thinking about this whole thing with uh, foresight. It is all that I can keep on my mind. Yeah, well, even if Miss O'Shea can undo the whole spell, I still don't know who did it and why. No, why he was targeted in the first place is continues to puzzle me. Right. I refuse to believe it's just a coincidence. After all we've been through, I do not believe in coincidence, my friend. Not anymore. My mind keeps coming back to that man who saw that night, the last, one of the last people to see him. You mean the man with the cat? Yeah, it was just weird, that whole thing. Uh, I believe his name was Mr. Wild. I just, that's my, I, I have suspicions. Miss Lane, you um, are finished getting ready. All right, I head down to the first class breakfast area for some coffee and maybe meet my fellow investigators. <laughs> there they are. Fantastic. I grab one of the extra chairs. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Fräulein. Morning, Miss Lane. How are we this morning? I am alive. I'm very eager to get off the ship. I am right there with you. I have... <laughs> I cannot tell you how happy I will be to have solid land under my feet. Well, at least it's been an exciting trip. Indeed. Me and Mr. Doyle here were just discussing our friend Mr. Forsythe and how his disappearance, we don't know. We are at a loss. I know. I, I've i racked my brain and I, I just can't figure out why somebody would want Mr. Forsythe or... I'm assuming he was taken by something. Yeah. Well, as, as I was telling the doctor here, Regardless of what happened to him, somebody did that to him, and whoever did that to him is most likely still it has to be still on the ship. Well, do you remember we talked about Mr. Wild, and nobody remembers him, but I clearly remember no him coming does. to my quarters. Yeah, that it's just very odd. Huh. Yeah, there's something not right about him, and that would be my if I had to pick one person on this ship, it would be him. If I had to pick one person on this ship, it would be Mr. Taft. But that's just because I don't like him very much. Oh, I totally agree. <laughs> well, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would be uh, casting black magic spells. Not at all. It seems more like he would be willing to bore you to death. About himself. Right. You did not enjoy your dinner with him, Fräulein? Um, <laughs> I prefer company of that isn't like him. The complete opposite of him. 
everything that was not him. <laughs> Pretty much. The wait staff comes by. You have the uh, the same porter who's been serving you for the ne- the past two or three days comes by and asks the the table if there's anything they could retrieve from the kitchen for them. Perhaps some sweetbreads or perhaps some fresh fruit this morning. Can I get some fresh fruit? Of course, sir. And has Mister Wild been in this morning? I'm sorry, who, sir? Mister Wild. Um, I don't believe so. The man looks genuinely puzzled. Thank you. Do you have any cheesecake back there? He stops and turns around. Of course, no. What What would you like on it? Strawberries. That would be fantastic. Please. Of course, right away. Thank you. Might as well enjoy yourself while we are here. Yeah, who knows when we're going to eat when we're on land. That is the other thing. We should begin to make plans for when we are on land. Yes, where's the first stop going to be? Besides maybe a hotel somewhere. But where we uh where we pulling in a port? Southampton. Southampton. I I don't think there's anybody we need to speak to in Southampton, if I recall correctly. Then perhaps we've just go straight to London. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any place along the way that we wanna be, uh detour to and I honestly cannot tell you. It is too early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are going to visit Mr. Mahoney at the Scoop in London and probably the Penu Foundation, I'm assuming. Jack, you might want to look into, or someone might want to look into, uh, how to get from Southampton to London. You're going to assume that it's going to be a train, but it's possible maybe somebody on the ship would have some sort of train schedule as London from Southampton would be a pretty popular route. They probably have something, the actual ship, you know, like somebody that works on the ship probably has train schedules and the like. Oh, I'm sure. I've always wanted to see the Tower of London. If we have time, I would like to see that. That would be amazing. Well, we'll probably spend a few days in London, so I'm sure you can do all the sightseeing you want. Wonderbar. Your food arrives. Cheesecake, fruit. He didn't really... Get anything from you directly, Sigmund, so he didn't bring you anything? That's fine. Uh, Sigmund's still working off of last night. And so, breakfast begins. It's wonderful. The coffee is excellent this morning. There's something a little extra in it. It seems like there's a zip in the coffee today. I ask for more zip in my coffee. Okay, he puts a little cocaine in. Oh. Fantastic! <laughs> uh-huh. I guess the question is, is after breakfast um what's the plan for the three of you are we we're docking today correct yeah we are uh you are expected to dock around one o'clock just after uh the noon hour i really want to find this wild character i don't know if we're going to you would have to search i suppose just find the cat then we'll find mr wild quite possibly well how do you want to go about looking for mr wild jack well we have to do it the old-fashioned way at least one or two people that I talked to who actually steered me towards Mr. Wild. So I need to find those people. Okay. And if they don't remember you? Or remember well, him? Well, then, then we uh, move on to plan B. Which is? I haven't uh, thought of it yet. <laughs> oh, oh, wunderbar. Okay. Right. 
Would the three of you retire at least after breakfast to your rooms to collect your items before disembarking? That's going to come at some point. Yeah, very much so. Yes. Okay. So we'll say that you spend maybe a half an hour at least, and you collect your things uh, and pack things back up and try to... I guess what I want to know is, is there anything you're taking from the vessel... Anybody stealing any towels or anything like that? Oh, oh, oh. That's like, what? No. Yeah, no, I'm not stealing anything. It's your big chance. No, I'm kidding. Oh, well. um, <laughs> if I was stealing anything, I'd be in the first class dining room getting uh, silverware and crystal. Uh... <laughs> I could see Jack pocketing silverware in the. <laughs> Just off the tables. Yeah, could you bring me into the fork, please? Uh... All right. You get collected. You collect outside your cabin rooms, or is it going to be a situation where Jack, you're going to just get into investigator mode and leave without announcing anything? Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll tell them what I'm doing. Okay. So that if you know, going on, you turn up missing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good idea. Okay, so uh, he stops by both your rooms, uh, Miss Lane. A doctor says that he's going to go try to ferret out this. Are the two of you going to come with him, or are you staying in your rooms? Would I be more of use to you, Jack, on with you, or staying out of the way? If you want to come along, that'd be fine. I'm not going to uh, tell you no. All right, give me one moment to put my shoes back on. Okay. And then you're going to go see Miss Lane? Yep. Okay, you knock on her door? I go and answer the door. Mr. Doyle? Yes, uh, the doctor and I were about to try to track down Wild. Would you like to come along, or would you like to stay here and finish packing? I think I'm going to let you two have your fun and do that. I I don't know if it's going to be fruitful, which is fine, but I I have a lot of things to pack. Uh, Could you look into what kind of travel arrangements we can make once we get to Southampton? Yes, I will uh, go talk to one of the porters. Thank you. So we will split the party. Mm. That always ends well. It does. It's really, really awesome. I love that part. So we'll start with Jack and Sigmund. You uh, step out away and leave uh, Miss Lane behind. Where are the two of you headed first? Um, I believe, if my memory corrects, um, is correct, it was the bosun that had told us about Mr. Wild. Yep. So I will find the bosun. Yeah. Well, before the bosun told you about him, so to get it technically correct, it was the guard on midship that said that they saw the two of them talking. Yes. Yes, so I, should, I probably want to talk to him. Yeah, he was the one the bosun went and retrieved. Mm-hmm. Okay, so actually I want to talk to him, but I might be better off finding the bosun first. He could probably find the, help me find the guard. Sure. Okay. Tracking down the bosun's not too difficult. Probably takes you a good, say, 15 minutes to walk the ship, find out which area he's working at, and then basically wait for him to have a moment for you. He uh, steps out of a crew area 
Um, he was working, it seems he was working on some uh, matter pertaining to the arrival of the ship. And he says, uh, I help you, gentlemen. I'm, I'm a bit in, uh, busy. Yes, uh, really quickly, the guard that we talked to the other night about uh, the Mr. Forsyth incident, do you happen mm, to know yes. where he is at the moment? Oh, he should be... Uh, let's see. He takes out his pocket watch. Now, normally he'd be asleep, but no one's sleeping now. He closes it. We're too close to port. These, uh, these boys, after a few journeys, get uh, a little anxious, you understand? Understandable, yes. My guess is he's below decks uh, in one of the berths there, getting ready to sort through packaging, all of the uh, containers. Is there any way I could talk to him quickly? Yeah, you're fine to speak with him if you'd like. Uh, he, he may be a bit busy, but you you, you can find him, sure. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, we'll go find this uh, guard. Okay. Uh, so you head down to the deeper decks of the Aquitania. This is a place now you've been a couple of times, so getting down there isn't the issue. It's getting through the area now that appears to be a bit of a squeeze these days. Uh, the With the boat getting closer and closer to port, the hallways are beginning to fill with items, whether they be trunks or whether they be bags, people, children... It's becoming a real slog. So uh, your movement, especially in these cramped hallways, is definitely going to be difficult. You, and They're not impossible to ferry through or to, to wind your way through, but it's really turned into a, a kind of a rat's maze of a, of a hallway down here. It's worse than when you were down here earlier, Jack. I really should have done this yesterday. All right. Why don't both of you give me spot-hidden rolls? as you're making your way through. 92 over 70. I did not. Oh, that is an amazing roll. <laughs> I'm quite pleased with it. Well, Doctor, uh, 92 is not a not a critical failure, but it is a failure for sure. That's okay. I got two under 92. And that is a flip of the coin there. So the different <laughs> side of the coin there. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Right, weird. Uh, Jack, you spot it as you turn a corner uh, down some some shipping berths here. Some of the not shipping berths, but some of the um, uh, the rooms that have been not left empty, but have been mostly packed up. You see that there is a uh, a form, a human form, that is tucked away back against a corner, one of the corner beds, and it looks like there the, the form has been covered in blankets. What? It's a human form covered in blankets. Okay, I I, uh, I I have to look at that. I have to check it out. I cannot not check that out. <laughs> <laughs> you go over, and it's really at that point where your brain begins to send signals of panic to your hand. And you can't help but pull the blanket over to see what's under the blanket. Uh, and you see the mostly beaten body of Steve Masterson. <sighs> Doctor, you continue walking right down the hall. <laughs> Talking to some German per- third-class passenger or something. No, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have time to look at your rash. We're looking for someone very important. <laughs> I, 
I, I yell out, Doctor. Yes, I'm yeah, I'm on the way, Jack. Hang on. Hurry as I can among the crowd. There's a, an elderly man tugging at your jacket, desperate for you I, to help with his uh, systemic wart problem. You have no idea. I I don't have time for you right now. Put some ointment on it and uh, you will be fine. I swear. You break away. Head over to... Yeah, you, you step into the room, this dark, what looked like a six to eight bed berth where most of the folks have cleaned up and prepared to go up to the side of the ship with their belongings and you see the beaten, well, at least facially beaten, body of Steve Matterson. He, at first blush, you don't think he's dead, but... I'm going to check to pulse. Uh, yeah, there's a pulse. He has a faint pulse. Look out, Jack. Let me see what I can do. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, you know what? Uh, I think I'm just going to go ahead and spend the luck for it. Okay. You're going to spend a little luck at medicine roll of success. So what you find, Doctor, is that there has been a massive calcification to his structure. It isn't that his, he's been hit a few times in the face. Uh, peeling back the blankets, you see that Steve is missing the jacket that he had on. He's missing... I mean, his shirt has been ripped open. He has a stab wound in his side. It looks like he's been kicked a few times. You can see definite boot prints. He's in a real bad way. Jack, he's... He's been viciously beaten. Yeah, I have an idea who did it. Uh, I will step out in the hallway and call for... Order, guard, somebody okay. that yeah. works here... <laughs> You call. You don't get an immediate answer. Damn it. All right, we got to get him somewhere where we can help. Bring him to my room, Jack. Yeah, can I move him? Doctor, you're not sure that he could be moved. Not without a stretcher, though. Right now, he is extremely fragile. We lay him down. He um moans a little bit in, in pain. You see his eyes open up. Jack, how'd you find me? Just plain luck, pal. Oh, man, I liked my jokes. Yeah, you weren't possibly cheating, were you? You know me. Yeah, exactly. Listen, we're gonna get you some help. We'll get you out of here. Alright, I'm gonna leave the two of you there. Miss Lane. Yep. You begin sorting your things and collecting your clothing and all of your accoutrement, as it were. You have called for a porter to assist you with some of your uh, belongings, but also to gather some information about what's to come. Yes. Uh, it's been about five or ten minutes or so, and there's a relatively soft knock on your door. Coming! And I go over and I answer the door. Uh, you answer the door, and there is a woman on the other side of it. Uh, she is wrapped in head from head to toe in a very soft, dark fabric. It appears that she's got a shawl or a scarf or something that over her uh, head. She's the clothing she wears wraps up around her face, uh, or sorry, around her head, but not her face, and she has of wispy black hair with a, a bit of uh, gray tickling the uh, brow of it. And she says, 
Good morning. Good morning. I suppose you're not the porter. Are you... <sighs> no, dear. Are you Miss Lillian Lane? I am, and you are? My name is Sarah. Sarah... Do you have a last name? No, ma'am. I... I cannot afford one. She chuckles. Okay. Uh, I am here at the behest of a mutual acquaintance. And who might that be? You know him. Does he have a cat? He has a book. And a cat. Okay. Mr. Wilde. May I come in? Uh, I don't know. Is the rest of the ship going to remember you after you leave? She looks puzzled. What do you mean? Never mind. Come right in. She steps in. She's probably all of about five or so feet tall. Um, she's eh, she's roughly about your size, give or take. Uh, she does not move seemingly very fast, um, but she takes a, a spot in the, not foyer, because there's no foyer of your room, but you do have a large stateroom, so there is a spot with uh, a couple of chairs and a table. She gestures to one of the chairs. May I sit down? Absolutely. I take the other chair. Are you familiar with the seers of the great Grecian Empire of ages ago? I'm assuming I'm learned. I'm learned. That's a good question. Why don't you make... An Ed roll? Yeah, you bet. I got a 22 out of 84. Bam. That is a hard success. That is nearly, nearly an extreme. Yeah, so you're fairly familiar. I mean, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of... The, the Oracle at Delphi, you, you suddenly things kind of flood back into your head and you remember, yeah, sure. There's, sure, sure there are, sure there's seers back then. I nod my head toward her. In the classic Greek then, I would like to offer you some assistance, if I might. Would you be willing? Um, assistance with what? With your path. Now, all who have a, a reputation to uphold need help with their path. Are you saying that you're a seer? I am. And what is this information going to cost me? She looks up at you with like a, like that she's offended. She looks up at you in disgust. Oh, cost. I mean, no offense. It is my duty, Miss Lane, to show you this path. It is, it is what I have trained, been trained to do for all who appear in the book. Ah, yes, that book. It's an interesting book. I don't think I told my fellow investigators about that book, did I? Like, I never went into detail about it. Yeah, I don't think you went into detail about it. You just yeah. talked that it was unsettling or something like that. She reaches into the folds of her robe and withdraws a small um, collection of what look like cards, almost. Um, they're long. Um, they're dark on the back of them so if these were poker cards they would be probably half as long as poker cards and they would also be a little bit wider she pushes a few things aside on the table the the flower in the vase that's there some of the other things that are collected on the table she makes space for herself almost in a almost with a with a bravado and then she places the deck of these cards on the table and she reaches out her right hand and gives you her right hand open palm. 
and then she kind of gives you see this her fingers make this almost grabbing motion towards you okay so I hesitantly reach out my hand to grab her uh, once your fingers come into contact with her skin she kind of almost like a like a gator jaw like grabs your hands your fingers and, and rolls them up into hers not painfully so but the snap of it does force you to almost reflexively jerk back it's, it's just that even though she has a very small frame it belies her bodily strength she holds it fast and she says there, there's nothing to worry about Miss Lane I simply need to make a connection with you and it's at that point her left hand reaches towards these cards and begins placing them on the table. The first one you see her place down on the table uh, is a strange figure. Uh, it almost feels angelic to you. There are a pair of wide red feathered wings on this being. You see locks of flowing gold hair. Uh, and in the being's hands, there are two what almost look like uh, church cups. If you've maybe not attended church regularly, but you've been to mass before, this almost looks like a, a cup that a Catholic priest might use, but this being has two of them, and it seems to be moving the water back and forth. And you hear her kind of intone this sound when the, the she places the card in front of you. There's no other signifying text on it. There's no... There's no label for it. And it's not like a poker suit where you can tell, oh, this is a club or this is a, a diamond, etc. And it's at that point she goes back to the deck and she draws another. And then this one that she she puts down in front of you is upside down to you. And you see a beautiful naked woman who seems to be pouring out water into a pool and then above her there is this bright shining star and the star seems to ebb and flow with the rock back and forth of the ship you can see it, it the glow of it almost beginning and ending within the card itself almost as if it has an inner shine to it the next card she pulls is a very curious one it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It seems like it's a jumble of images to you. You see multiple circles on this, and then some strange symbol is carved into each one of these circles. Uh, but the background of this card seems to be some sort of medieval fair where a couple is walking through the streets and there are dogs and cats and goats and then uh, some sort of medieval scene. And you suddenly realize at that point when she lays that card down that you haven't taken a breath in almost a minute and your body jerks to open up your air passages and you breathe in deeply she looks over at you shall I continue um, are you going to tell me what these cards mean I can I ask one more question she nods can you tell me where Mr. Wild is she goes back to the deck and draws another card. Jesus. The card she flips over next is what seems to be like a hero from history. You see a shining knight on a horse. Although, when she lays the knight card down, 
he seems upside down to you. You're not sure why. But he's carrying a very thick uh, stick. It almost looks like a staff uh, with things growing out of it. And when she returns the cards again, you see an, a same type of stick on this card, except it's being held by a hand floating in midair. The images are very strange. And they all seem to move in your mind a bit on their own. She releases your hand for a moment. And now you want to know? Um, yes, please. She goes and touches that first card with the being with air of red wings. And she says this, she taps on it a few times. This is the truth of what you seek. Everything else that I tell you matters far less than this. This is you. When she taps on the card and says that this is you, the image on the card, the face itself, appears very feminine to you. In fact, it even has the angle of your jaw. It, it almost feels like you're in the card, as if she'd crafted it for you. She says, what this tells me is that you are still searching for something, a missing piece of yourself. You are not whole. I don't know what I'm missing for myself, so. She moves her hand at the pool. This is the truth of the moment. This is what will challenge you here today. You must surrender yourself to the needs of today. She continues to move her hand. But there are forces which you cannot see. She goes to the medieval fair card with these strange symbols, these yellow discs with this very strange symbol on them. You must be wary not to rest. If you dawdle, or if you do not use your time wisely, you will not come to your goal. And now we will speak about what was. She goes to the night card. She takes the night card out, and she almost thrusts it at you, as if... Not in a stabbing motion, but just to more make her point. There is change and transformation coming for you, Miss Lane. You will be altered forever. What was once normal will be abnormal. And what was once abnormal is normal. She moves her hand to the card with the really large tree branch, almost this massive oak staff. Uh, and that, that staff is being held by this ethereal hand. When she goes to touch the card, she almost hovers her fingers over it as if she doesn't truly want to touch it. And she says, this part of all of this in the future will be your inability to change. I look at her kind of confused. So you're telling me that card says I'm going to that change and transformation is coming for me, but that the last card is saying that I refuse to change. You are, by the cards, a very stubborn woman. And I appreciate that, she smiles. I am also very stubborn. I am also very resistant to change. We share that in common. You're telling me that to succeed in what... I'm searching for my goal is that I have to be open to change instead of being resistant to it. Indeed. Even when the normal becomes abnormal. When men appear and then disappear. Mm, you speak of Mr. Forsythe. 
perhaps. Would you like to know where he is? I do, as a matter of fact. Is he coming back? She reaches her hand out and goes for the next card in the deck. Would you like to find out? Yes. I'll leave you there for a second. Gentlemen, you are working in the bowels of the ship to get Stretcher. And after calling and calling and calling Jack, you eventually have to leave the room that Masterson is in and walk back up to, you know, basically, quote unquote, civilization. <laughs> um, but you you do eventually find a porter and explain to them, hey, we've got a man down in here and I need a stretcher. Uh, when you enter the room, uh, you see that the doctor is still kind of doing his best to work on the patient, so to speak. And they, the crewman immediately realizes that there's an issue and begins basically unfurling this stretcher to help you move his body onto it. What happened to this guy? Um, apparently he was playing cards with the wrong people. Cripes, you gotta be. I tell you, it's just, there's nothing like it down here. I mean, I you know, get, your pay, get what you pay for. Yeah, I guess. He uh, goes to the head of Steve, that, you know, the, the head of Steve's body up, up to his shoulders and, and picks Steve up from the shoulders and, with your help, begins moving him onto the stretcher. All right, Steve, just calm down. You'll be okay. And then you're taking him back up. I, I assume they have a medical ward some type. Yeah, they do. They do. That's where the crewman intends to, to take him. You, uh, he, has to sh- he has to do quite a lot of shouting um, from his end. So once he clears a bit of the path and people see that there's a stretcher, they begin moving out of the way finally. But it takes, just from your eye, Jack, your, your, your spot there at the back, it seems like it takes that to get anyone to move a siren or something uh, you move up a couple of decks and it's at that point where another crewman sees what's going on and offers to take over for you I'll follow along they get him to the medical uh, bay there you see that there's a couple of people still in there but uh, there seems to be a practicing uh, physician or some sort of doctor here and he uh, directs them to take uh, Mr. Masterson there to a waiting bed. Right. Let's have a real doctor, not some quack. <laughs> like, yeah, quack like Sigmund, right? <laughs> he's, like a... he's, he's not in here right now. We can do that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, they, they take him to the bed, and then the doctor looks at you and says, what, what happened to him? Well... He was probably cheating or owed money to somebody he was playing cards with, and they rolled him pretty well. They undo his shirt, and they see the wounds, and uh, you can see Sigmund's there helping direct what's going on. The doctor in the lab coat looks at you, Jack. Is this a buddy of yours? Yeah, back, yeah he's a friend of mine. Okay. He says, listen, we'll... Uh, we'll do everything we can to get him as comfortable as possible but uh, we may have to let the uh, hospital facilities there uh, in Southampton take over once we get there I understand keep me updated uh, and I'll give him my number okay yeah he says the uh, secretary there will uh, or my nurse will will take your uh, 
room number down and we'll uh, update you before we leave the ship. All right, thank you. Get in there, Steve. We will go back to uh, you, Miss Lane, in your stateroom where Sarah, your uh, Greek mystic who's appeared to you here uh, before the ship leaves, is, has her hand on the deck and she's asked you, would you like to know what happened to Mr. Forsyth? Yes, I would. She lifts a card and places it on the table. And when you see it, it appears to be this woman in finely adorned plate mail. And in front of her, there are two almost look like Egyptian sphinxes. One is black and one is white. And they seem to be pulling her in this massive chariot. And the woman's face seems to be not happy, not sad, almost resolute. Uh, Her chariot is covered in a drapery of fine stars with a beautiful blue sky background. Sarah goes back to the deck again. And she removes the next card. And when she places this one down, the table audibly thumps. And you see a king sitting on a throne, staff in hand. Except to you, he's upside down. She gestures back to the deck. Still certain? Yes. She lifts the next card. In this card, there seems to be a relatively sweet-faced gentleman who looks a bit apprehensive. He's sitting on a throne, but he seems to be at sea. And if you didn't know any better, you would say that this gentleman looked a bit like Jack's friend, Steve Masterson. And then she goes back to the deck again and lifts another card. And in this card, when she lays it down, she lays it directly in front of where you're sitting. On this card, you see the image of a king. And he is sitting on a throne, and in one hand, he holds a scale, as if to weigh the difference between two objects. That sits in his left hand. In his right hand, an upturned sword awaits. And she whispers a word to you, and you're not certain that you can understand the language. It's... Not English, by any means. What does she whisper? Dikiosini. Do I have any idea what language that is, or no? No. Great. Um, I ask her what she, what that word means. She shudders. Justice. She returns back to the figure with the two sphinxes in front of it. Friend, Lawrence has traveled very far. He has gone on a journey which you cannot accompany him. You wish him back. Yes? Yes, we we would definitely want him back. Safe and sound. Mm. She picks up the next card, the older king on the throne. Standing in your way is a powerful man who has had many years to build his throne goes to the next card an unlikely ally may appear but you know danger lies ahead if you seek 
Mr. Forsyth. She goes to that last card and she doesn't pick it up, but she just touches it with the tips of her fingers. You want justice. But you must understand that you are not the only one seeking it. And so there will be an accounting. There will be a consequence. Miss Lane, that is the guidance I can offer you. With a calm and well-trained hand begins to collect her cards with her left hand. She releases your hand with hers at it clasped. I hope you take from it proper lessons. So are we going to see Mr. Forsyth again? I'm a little up. You tell me, Miss Lane. Will you seek him? Of course, on our journey. Well, very well. Then should you put your mind to it, and be willing to change when the uncommon becomes common, perhaps you too will see Forsyth again. But beware, powerful emperor. His throne and those who serve him await you. Hmm. I have a question. Can I ask a question before you go? Of course. The ally that you spoke of when you looked at the card, the third card, he actually looks like a gentleman that I've met on the ship. Is he supposed to accompany us on our journey, or is he just here for the moment? Oh. Hmm. She sits back for a moment. It is possible that his once generous and jovial nature has been curdled like spoiled milk. He was once a talented and powerful person in his own right. But if you take him as a warning sign, then I would look to what befalls him in the future. And obviously I have no idea that anything happened to Steve, so... Nope. She stands up. Miss Lane, I take my leave of you. I wish you luck. Thank you, Miss Sarah. Tell Mr. Wilde I send my regards. Hmm. If you wish. Oh, I do. Thank you. She steps out and exits the room, taking the air of mystery and almost ominous clouds with her. So, Jack, what is the call after you drop Steve off? How much of my day did that take? It probably takes you about an hour to do all that. You figure you probably have about an hour or so left. Shit, I'm not going to have time to find this guy now. Okay. I don't foresee that happening now. All right. I'm going to have to admit defeat and head back to uh, Octopus Lane and our stuff together. You head back up kind of regrettably I head to my room and make sure that I'm prepared as well okay yeah the the three of you get things collected you can hear um, you see that Miss O'Shea's door is open a bit and uh, she seems to be collecting some of her things Uh, there's a long pull from the whistle out front and you can start hearing people not cheer but you start hearing the general rabble of voices again. You call it a ruckus? Um, could you define the ruckus? 
Yeah, I would say I would say it's close to a ruckus. I'll just put it that way. The difficult part about leaving the ship for three of you as you continue to pack out your stuff. The difficult part is that you're leaving without without Lawrence. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like you got a fair shake. I, I just we can't we can't stay on the ship and No, you're fairly certain they'll kick you off, but Yeah. I don't know what else to do. I'm gonna finish packing and I'm gonna go to Mr. Doyle's door. Slane uh struck out, couldn't find anything. No luck on Mr. Wild. Oh we uh we had a a diversion that kept us too busy to uh take care of that. What was your diversion? Uh, we found my friend Steve uh, beaten and severely wounded. My face pales slightly. Don't worry, I think he might pull through. It'll be fine. Well, it's good. Um, I had a visitor while you guys were off hunting down Mr. Wilde. Oh, yeah? Her name is Sarah. She seemed to be... Or she didn't seem. She stated she was an acquaintance of Mr. Wilde. Indeed. Indeed. I, I did ask her if she could tell us where he was, and she just ignored me. Um, however, she came to deliver a message of a, of sorts. Go on. Mike, do I know that the cards she used were tarot cards? Do you have any occult? Mm, I do. Yeah, I mean, give me a roll just to make sure that you're somewhat well, you're somewhat aware of them. Oh, two failures. Woo! No, I don't know that they're tarot cards. <laughs> Yeah, you're not sure what they are. They're strange cards. That's what you know. Okay. She talked to me about this, about seers, and that she's a seer, and she wanted to help me on my path. I put that in quotes. Um, she, <laughs> she took these cards out that had figures on them. I, I don't know what they were. I don't know what the cards were exactly, um, but each of the cards had different items on them. So she talked about Mr. Lawrence is on a, Mr. Forsyth is on a journey that we can't accompany him on. I don't oh, know. Yeah, what kind that's of, for certain. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what kind of journey, and she didn't tell me exactly where he is. Um, however, there is a powerful man that will stands in our way. She didn't. She couldn't elaborate on that. And then a powerful ally will come to us, and we will know that danger is coming, um, based on what happens to that ally. So that particular card was a card that, in the face, looked like your friend Steve. So she said, if we go looking for Mr. Forsyth, and we want justice, there will be a consequence for that. So apparently your friend Steve's incident is a warning for us. See. She said we will see Mr. Forsyth again if I'm willing to change and transform to accept the abnormal as normal and the normal as abnormal. Whatever that means. Oh, that's clear as mud. I know. That's what I said. Are you, are you just talking to Jack about this or is Sigmund there with you? He's not Sigmund. It's just me and Jack. Okay. I'm actually going and checking on Maeve. 
making sure she's all packed up and ready to go. Yeah, she um, just tells you kind of through the door that she's packing a few last things and she's trying to figure out. Um, you hear her say something to the effect of, I got to figure out how I'm going to move this thing. And then you remember that she has some sort of collection of bones and wood in there that she's probably going to want to take with. Right. Well, if she's okay, then I'll uh, head over to, uh, I'll limp over to Jack's room. You see that, uh, I mean, uh, Jack may, uh, Jack and Lillian, did you guys close the door? No. Okay. Well, that's pretty easy to see then. Are you all ready to go? Yeah. Really, uh, Miss Lane here got a visit from a friend of Mr. Wild. And she gave us some cryptic, uh, message about finding Mr. Forsythe. I don't know. It's it's odd. Maybe might have a better idea. Perhaps. It's a very good idea. Maybe it's more esoteric than a lot, than the us the lot of us. Yeah. So what if Mr. Wilde isn't the person that took Mr. Forsythe? That's possible. On the other hand also possible that uh, Sarah was sent to throw us off the trail. This is true, but she mentioned the book, and I'll have to tell you guys about the book at some other time, but when, when we have more time. Um, das what book? If, What's the, das you know, in, in general, book. anytime a something called a book is brought up, maybe we should know about it right away. I'm just... Nah, you know... Uh, judging by past events it's I think not we should a, always know about anything yeah it's not a spell book I don't think I don't, it was weird but, I mean <laughs> I kind of stumble over my words because I just don't know how to explain this book that showed the future or whatever the, Yeah. Um, so I keep on going I, so this powerful man that Sarah mentioned, what if the current case that we're on and this powerful man and Mr. Forsythe disappearing all have to do with the same thing? The distinct possibility that he was taken as a warning. Oh, I mean, that is absolutely possible. I would say, even say, I would say even is uh, likely. Spectacular. I mean, at least we all know what we're getting into then, supposedly. Yeah. The uh, ship's horn blows again very long. Uh, and it's at that point you begin hearing people outside begin to cheer. And uh, a, a call comes out over the first class area. And you hear, now arriving, Southampton. And that is where I'm going to call it tonight. And so our voyage comes to an end for now. Uh, thank you all for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. And I hope you stay safe and healthy this year and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>